Hello, my friends. This is Mindy Joy, and I'm going to do a podcast this morning on Judges chapter 13. This morning I read Judges chapter 13 through 15, and chapter Luke, I believe it was 11 or um, or 12, but I wanted to share just on Judges 13 this morning because um, for la- sake of time. So I'm going to go through this. And the reason why I chose the birth of Samson, because I love new beginnings. And in here, it talks about the wonder of God and how God did a miracle. So I'm just going to read and explain how I believe the Lord brought things out in my life, and maybe you will relate. So chapter 13, verse 1 in Judges, and I'm reading from the English Standard Version. And the people of Israel, again, did what was evil in the sight of the Lord. So we see this is an ongoing theme, that God delivers the people of Israel. They have it great for a number of decades. And then as the generations go on, they forget about God the God of Israel, and they're really affected by their culture with the pagan gods because with the pagan gods comes sexual promiscuity. Um, Pretty much today, uh, no rules, just make a, you know, and um, even in those days, in a sense, like abortion, you know, burning your children in the fire, it, it comes a lot of sensuality and eroticism and things like that. And it's, it's really no different than what we're seeing today, that people want to just make up their own truth. And what used to be considered rude, what used to be considered um, offensive, now it flipped that when you keep any moral standard, that's considered offensive. <laughs> so then verse 2 says, there was a certain man of Zora. Now, Zora means hornet. Hornets are nuisance, um, and and of the tribe of the Danites, whose name was Manoah, and his wife was barren and had no children. So that's indicative of like a broken dream. You know, in, in those days, children, having children was everything, and I felt that way too, and I, I always related to anything in the Bible about barren women because after I got married, when I was um, about 30 years old, I got pregnant three months later and was totally elated. It was like the most amazing thing in my life. But two months later, I miscarried, two or three months later. So I desperately wanted to have children and be pregnant again. And it didn't happen for five years. So every month after that miscarriage, I just kept wanting and expecting to be pregnant. But it took five years and you know, during that time, um, you have to stand again. Thoughts is something wrong with me. Will it ever happen? So I had to stand in faith for those five years. And so I understand the pain of being barren and desperately wanting a child. Um, and so it's interesting. The name of Manoah means rest. And whenever a ruler, he was about to give uh, to father a child that was going to be one of the judges leaders of Israel, and he was going to give rest 
from the oppression of the Philistines for 20 years. So perhaps that's one of the reasons why his name meant rest. And verse three says, and the angel of the Lord appeared to the woman and said to her, okay, I want to stop right here. The angel of the Lord appeared to the woman. Do you notice she doesn't have a name? That we know who her husband's name is. It's Manoah, but we don't do not know what her name is. And it's very interesting that there's a lot of powerful, amazing characters in the Bible who are just unnamed. So that always blesses me because we are not always going to be recognized or over the things that we do behind closed doors, over the prayers that we say, we're going to be passed over. It's just life. We're going to sometimes not be appreciated, but God sees everything. And so God, it's interesting. He spoke, he chose to spoke, speak to Manoah's wife and not Manoah. And the angel of the Lord appeared to the woman and said to her, behold, you are barren and have not born children but you shall conceive and bear a son. So this was the most amazing, wonderful news she could ever hear because this was her greatest desire. And not only is God visiting her, but he's speaking audibly to her. Um, and he knows her situation. He says, behold, you are barren. Like, I know your broken heart. I know, you know, barren, what does it mean? Void, didn't happen, empty, waiting for something, you know, an, an empty womb, unfulfilled, but you shall conceive and bear a son. And she might have even been older in age. So this might have been somewhat miraculous. Well, it was miraculous if an angel spoke to you. Therefore, be careful and drink no wine or strong drink. Okay, now this kind of caught my attention a little bit comically, like, so did they drink when they were pregnant in those days? I don't know. And eat nothing unclean, for behold, you shall conceive and bear a son. Sounds kind of familiar like Mary, the mother of Jesus, huh? Behold, you shall conceive and bear a son. And so it's interesting you said eat nothing unclean. And I'm going to do a little sidetrack here that we have to be careful when we're pregnant in all times, you know, that we watch what we eat and what we drink because it, it enters our blood and it affects our babies. Like you can't, you know, there's always this thing like, oh, pregnant women, just get them whatever they want. They have all these cravings. They want ice cream and pickles, but you don't want to be eating sugar when you're pregnant. That's going into the blood of the child. And it can cause all kinds of things, just like you don't want to drink when you're pregnant. So just you know, be careful when you're, when you're carrying a, a, a child. And even when you're not carrying a child, your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. So you want to take heed that you are a good steward of your body. Then verse 3, or was that the verse 5? I'm sorry. For behold, you shall conceive and bear a son. No razor shall come upon his head, for the child shall be a Nazarite to God from the womb. And he shall begin to save Israel from the hand of the Philistines. So I wanted to point out this is unique. The child shall be a Nazarite to God from the womb, and he shall begin to save Israel from the hand of the Philistines. So this is not to glorify long hair or think that there's some kind of magical powers 
when you have longer hair that you're stronger. I like long hair. You know, my husband has long hair. I have long hair. We like hair. But anyways, that's not the point. Um, this is a, we have to know when we read the Bible, what is just individual to that situation, to God speaking to that person. So he's speaking to the wife of Manoah. Manoah means rest. Um, the mother-to-be of Samson, who was one of the judges of Israel. Then the woman came and told her husband, a man of God came to me and his appearance was like the appearance of the angel of God. Very awesome. I did not ask him where he was from and he did not tell me his name, but he said to me, behold, you shall conceive and bear a son. So then drink no wine or strong drink and eat nothing unclean for the child should be a Nazarite to God from the womb to the day of his death. Then Manoah prayed to the Lord and said, O Lord, please let the man of God whom you sent come again to us and teach us what we are to do with the child who will be born. Now, if I could have my wishes, <laughs> I would like an angel of the Lord to appear to me every morning throughout the day and tell me everything I needed to know. But we have to walk by faith. We live out this life by faith. This is the difference of the people of Israel and the pagans was that we don't worship a God that we can see and hear with our ears. We have to, we have to hear him and see him by faith, you know, through studying his word. And then we cultivate through um, knowing God, walking with God, praying, listening. We cultivate um, being able to hear from God in our personal lives. Just like when you come to know anybody and have a relationship, you don't know everything about them at once. Those of us who've been married, we learn new facets and gifts that our spouses have, you know, every day. Um, we knew, we learn new things about them if you're paying attention and, and even about ourselves, we didn't create ourselves. So, as you keep seeking God, God will show you amazing facets about yourselves and things that, that we thought we were weak in, that actually, if we follow his directions, we become very strong in and, and that people we can help and things that we didn't even know we were capable of doing or influence that we have, that we didn't know we were capable of having that kind of influence. And that is such a adventure about being a daughter of the most high God and in being in Christ that I love about being a believer in Jesus Christ and being filled with the Holy Spirit because I did not create myself. He created me. And every day I get to experience the wonders of my existence that was a creation by the most high God and to find out from him what my you know, working orders are every day and every day is different. This is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. And every day is a day that I've never seen before with, um, with infinite possibilities. So that is my sidebar. Um, then I'm on chapter 13 again, verse 8 in Judges. Then Manoah prayed to the Lord and said, O Lord, please let the man of God whom you sent come again to us and teach us what we are to do with the child who will be born. I just read that, but another thing I want to say is that, you know, some of us have had those moments where we knew we heard the voice of God and our life was changed from that moment. Um, a decision was made 
a direction that God told us to go that changed the whole trajectory of our, our life and our life purpose. But those moments aren't every minute of the day. And we can't force those moments. We can't conjure up some kind of like Star Wars um, experience. We do what we know to do that's right. And we leave the secret things to God. I believe that's in um, Deuteronomy. I want to guess. I didn't memorize it. And I'm not going to look it up. But I want to guess it's 29:29, but not sure. Verse 9, and God listened to the voice of Manoah, and the angel of God came again to the woman. So it's really interesting. Manoah wanted to see the angel, but the angel didn't come to him. He came to the woman who um, is not even named. She's just the woman. And so as she sat in the, and as she sat in the field, but Manoah, her husband, was not with her. So Manoah would not have even have seen this angel if, in verse 10, it says, So the woman ran quickly and told her husband, Behold, the man who came to me the other day has appeared to me. And Manoah arose and went after his wife and came to the man and said to him, Are you the man who spoke to this woman? And he said, I am. And Manoah said, Now, interesting, I am. When have you heard that before? I am. Now, when your words come true, what is to be the child's manner of life and what is his mission? So this is a good question for a father, a father to be, to ask of his child, Lord, what is, you know, give me any direction I need to know right now about this child. And you might not get it, you know, specifically, but God will download things in your spirit. So when the child is born and goes through life, you know, you'll be prepared as a father. And I could say that my late husband, the father of my child, you know, it was really in both our hearts that I needed to be a stay-at-home mom and raise him. And we might not have known all the details um, at that time. We didn't know at the time he was going to have a diagnosis of autism, but it was the most wonderful thing we could have done. It was a right decision because he, I was able to keep him close to me and learn you know, how he operated, um, what gifts and talents he had. He had an amazing memory. It was extremely musical. And ironically, he was social. Like, he loved to talk. Um, he loved to play. He just didn't really know how to have a conversation, like, back and forth. Like, he would just spout out things that he memorized and things he was interested in, but he didn't take in his social environment, and he didn't pick up naturally on social norms, which... It's kind of cool because he wasn't concerned so much about what other people thought. And I think that God used that to his glory because he developed amazing skills in life. Um, was it challenging? Oh, my goodness, that's an understatement. Yes, it was challenging. And there were a lot of tears on my part because I had this dream of what I thought, you know, in my mind, I'm just going to tell on myself, you know, if you haven't noticed already, I'm a little unique. <laughs> I'm a little unique here. And I really don't fit. I never really fit with any crowd of friends, any particular cliques. I always had like, you know, good friends and God bless me with some talent. So I stood out a tiny bit. I wasn't, you know, um, immensely, a geniusly talented, whatever. Um, but I did stick out and I never, I always just wanted to be, 
fit in with some group of people. So my thing was when I had a baby that, oh, now I'll be in the mom's group. I'll be on team mom that, you know, when our babies are in kindergarten, I'll have some, you know, girlfriends to go, we'll get our nails done. We'll have coffee together and I'll be in, you know, we'll have play dates together. And then our family will be friends with other families who have, you know, a child the same age as my son. And none of that happened. None of that. I mean, you know, um, shout out to all the mothers of special needs kids, but you get it. Like people, they not only, you know, does that not happen, but people that you know stay away from you because they don't know how to handle your child. They don't want to be interrupted. Your child makes noise. Um, my child, he, um, you know, you have to give all your attention to your child. So while they're with you, um, you, they can't have your undivided attention and you can't just go anywhere and do anything. You're not as free as you were before, or even as free of parents who have neurotypical children that our kids need special attention and it can be very isolating and it could feel very judgmental. And what even feels icky is that people feel sorry for you. Like you had an inferior child to their child, but let me guarantee, let me tell you that that is not the truth, not the truth at all. Our, every child is gifted. Every child is a gift from God. And don't ever think that your life is inferior. Your life stinks because you have a child in a wheelchair. You have a child who's a quadriplegic. You have a child who has autism. You have a child who has Down syndrome. Do not by that lie. You, you have the attention of heaven on you and God sees that you're taking care of something that belongs to him, a human that belongs to him. And you make that child, that son and that daughter, that's a man child. You know, you, that man child, that little princess, you make them feel like a princess and you give them love like that all the days of their life. And just believe God that even when you leave this earth, there's going to be people to love them and cherish them. And God will fulfill that. He will fulfill that for you. And if you desire to have other children, he'll, you know, God, God hears your prayers. He knows, he knows your heart. And so don't look at the outside. Don't look at the outside of your life because, you know, I, I could just share personally, like during those years, you know, there were times I had those thoughts. I felt sorry for myself and I thought other people's lives and this were better, and that wasn't the case. When I look back, I had so much peace. I had so much fun with my son. It was such a glorious time. And I spent so much time in prayer and intercession when I was with my baby, with my son, you know, when he took naps um, and he was playing and he was parallel playing, you know, beside me and knew I was just there in the room. There were so many times I just, I really learned to pray because I had that alone time and I was alone and I learned to turn um, lonely, you know, loneliness into a sacred solitude. I really did. And, um, really learned to enjoy my son and notice things about him. And, you know, it was a little struggle at first because me being a former preschool teacher, I even taught a year of kindergarten. I wanted to bestow all that, you know, knowledge and experience on my son and take him to all the museums and explain things to him. But one thing we did do that I loved was he loved for me to read to him. And he taught himself to read at an early age, which was amazing. I taught him the phonetics. And God, when I, I didn't realize at the time because I kept comparing myself, but when I look back, 
Um, God gave me so many creative ideas because I was making up songs. I was making up scripture songs. I was making up games. I was writing my own curriculum, but I wasn't even seeing that at the time. And my child, he tested beyond his peer group when, when they tested him to see his, um, you know, level of knowledge and what he knew in his intelligence. He, he actually, um, scored higher than his peers, which shocked me because there were certain things he wasn't doing, like because of his fine motor skills, he wasn't writing yet. So that was a little sidebar, but I hope somebody needed to hear that. Um, okay. So moving on about this child, Samson, and they're going to have a very unique child and a very unique parenting experience too. So they're going to have a, a rude awakening here. You know, not a rude, you know what I'm saying? But um, so I left off um, verse, verse 11 when Manoah, who's going to be the father of Samson, who's a judge, who's going to be a judge in Israel, um, went after his wife to see this angel and um, and the the angel says he says are you the man who spoke to this woman and he says I am because this is a how do you say that the incarnate Christ um, this was Christ on the scene I believe you Bible scholars can correct me I'm open to correction but verse thir verse 12 and Manoah said now when your words come true what is to be the child's manner of life and what is his mission. Okay. So that was the, we were saying that that's a question that a father and mother, you know, can ask while, you know, we, we pray to God that we're equipped to raise this individual child that is going to be different from anyone who ever existed and anyone who will ever be, because we all have, um, we're all living epistles of God. We're all a unique expression, a, a love letter, you know, to this world, so to speak, if we get in line with our purpose. And so verse 13 says, And the angel of the Lord said to Manoah, Of all that I said to the woman, let her be careful. In other words, you know, I already spoke to her. <laughs> Listen to her. She may not eat of anything that comes from the vine, neither let her drink wine or strong drink or eat any unclean thing. All that I command her, let her observe. Now, do you think that this woman... um felt sorry for herself when she was at feasts and holidays and everybody else was drinking wine and eating things that, well, they were kosher in those days. So they weren't like eating pork around her, but they could drink, they could drink, um, wine. I don't think she was feeling sorry for herself. I, I just think she was like putting her hands on her belly and going, I'm going to have a baby. You know, that's, um, those of us who've been barren you know, we, we get it, like the excitement, like, uh, it's like, you want to pinch yourself, like I'm actually pregnant. Um, so, uh, Manoah has to support her in this, you know, and not eat anything unclean or, you know, I, I wonder about that. Cause I, I'm just assuming that they didn't need anything unclean, that they kept the kosher laws, but probably not if they kept, um, you know, turning to idols, they probably didn't keep all those laws. Okay. So verse, 15, Manoah said to the angel of the Lord, please let us detain you and prepare a young goat for you. And the angel of the Lord said to Manoah, if you detain me, I will not eat of your food. But if you prepare a burnt offering, then offer it to the Lord. For Manoah did not know that he was the angel of the Lord. 
He was the angel of the Lord. Um, and as my son would say, true fact, crazy fact. Um, I, I read that Gabriel is the only langu only angel um, who we know who ever like said what his name was, but um, this very well was the um, Christ. So let's see. And Manoah said to the angel of the Lord, what is your name so that when your words come true, we may honor you. So this was a statement of faith. What He didn't say if your words come true. He said when your words come true, we may honor you. And the angel of the Lord said to him, why do you ask my name? Sing it is wonderful. So um, that name wonderful, uh, I, I think it was like it's too wonderful or, you know, it was like it was like a secret. Like it was more an adjective. It's like my name is wonderful, but not actually saying what his name was. But how wonderful how wonderful, what could be more wonderful um, than a visitation from the Lord? Then verse 19, So Manoah took the young goat and the grain offering and offered it on the rock to the Lord, to the one who works wonders. And Manoah and his wife were watching, and when the flame went up toward heaven from the altar, the angel of the Lord went up the flame of the altar. So, okay, here we see this supernatural thing. So the angel of the Lord just went up in a flame. He wasn't burnt. It didn't burn him because he was a supernatural being. And he was, you know, there's so many analogies and examples of, you know, these burnt offerings and how, you know, um, how God used fire. Um, we also see that Jesus, um, you know, ascended in a cloud, descend, um, how God uh, ascent, how Jesus ascended up in a cloud when, you know, the, the glory cloud, there's a lot of references to the glory cloud and then also to fire. And we see that, you know, even in, um, when Abraham made a covenant with God, there was the supernatural fire that came. So, and I believe with, with Elijah too, um, I have to read that account about the fire, but just interesting, just, you know, duly noted. Um, and I find that when you read the Bible, like even things we don't understand, but are just amazing that to just kind of store them, you know, just shelve them because what you don't understand, um, a sister in the Lord, we were having a glorious time yesterday, um, sister Georgia. And, you know, she was saying that the things that you don't understand, she said, hold them in your heart because that just means they're not for this time, but for a later time. But when something that you're reading in the word of God keeps coming up, like that's pretty amazing. And there that is again about the fire and your attention is drawn to that. Don't discount those moments because there might be something in your future where you're, you're storing up that knowledge. You know what? Anything that you ever learn or hear about the word of God, even when your emotions might feel bored at it, it is never wasted. It's always something that is the most valuable thing you can ever hear. Um, there's church services and topical subjects that I used to go to church that I found a lot less interesting than other topics. And my founding pastor used to repeat certain topics over and over, like as, you know, after a few years, he would repeat a topical study again on faith or, um, you know, healing or the Holy spirit or, um, um, you know, the, the principles of faith. And I am so thankful for that because, um, I needed it. And it, it wasn't like an entertaining service. He, and he didn't, he would say that about himself. I'm not trying to entertain you, 
But what he was teaching was life-saving. It was life-saving. It was life-enriching. Um, it, it was life-instructing. And so you never waste your time sitting before a Bible teacher. Never, ever, 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 ever. You know, I just read the other day. It's interesting because the what I read just yesterday was about Mary and Martha. And, um, and Jesus said that, you know, Mary had chosen the greater decision to stop serving or, um, you know, I don't know that she stopped serving or she didn't, you know, she started the morning, not serving at all and just sitting before Jesus as he was teaching while Martha wanted to make sure everything was perfect. But Jesus told Martha, you know, Mary made the better choice to just sit and listen to the word of God. So I have found that it's never a waste and your mind will say, I could be working out now. I could be doing this or I could be doing that. But, you know, I found that God redeems the time. And if you take time with him and listen to the word, all of that is going to be 10 times better. And it's going to be the right time, the right season. And your day's going to go better if you seek God early in the morning and seek his word and pray in the spirit, because you're going to, you're, you're set in the right direction. And what, better, most glorious thing to consult the king of the universe, your creator. You didn't create yourself. I didn't create myself. We don't know what's best for us, but God does. So let's see, where was I? Uh, okay. So, okay. So the Lord, uh, um, okay. So the Lord left in a fire, did I, uh, I'm sorry, I'm not sure where I was, but okay, I'll just repeat it. Okay. Verse 20 of Judges 13. And when the flame went up toward heaven from the angel, from the altar, the angel of the Lord went up in the altar, of the flame. Now Manoah and his wife were watching and they fell on their faces to the ground. They were just in awe. They're like, oh my goodness. Um, and also they had this thought like, what have we done? Because they came before a holy God and you couldn't see God and live. But that when Jesus appeared, um, well, I'll say Christ, I'll say Christ. When the, you know, when um, the angel of the Lord, you could, you could live and see the angel of the Lord, but they didn't know what was next. Like this was too, when you're really in the presence of God, you just kind of shut up. It's like, I don't know. I don't know nothing. You're like Job. Like I, I got nothing to say. I'm just here. You know, you just like how, I mean, we're like dumber than dumb in front of the Lord. The most smartest people in the world is like dumber than dumb. He created everything. He knows how everything works. You know, he knows the future. He knows the past. He knows when the last day of the earth is going to be. He knows when your last day is going to be. Um, he knows everything. He, he knows um, everything that's going to happen and everything that's not going to happen. He knows everything about everybody in your life that you don't understand. So when you're in the presence of that, what can you do but just worship? Um, and, and that he's good. That's the thing. God is good. God is merciful. God is love. We have, a you know, the God of the Bible is a God of love, mercy, forgiveness, understanding a God who empowers us to do great things, a God who gifts, put gifts inside us and wants us to enjoy all things in, of course, in moderation, um, and wants to give us a life beyond, you know, joy. So Manoah said to his wife, 
we shall surely die for we have seen God. But his wife said to him, if the Lord had meant to kill us, he would not have accepted a burnt offering and a grain offering at our hands or shown us all these things or now announced to us such things as these. So, um, you know, the woman who doesn't even have a name in, in these scriptures says to his wife, like, dude, get a hold of yourself. Like, he told us we're going to have a baby, right? If we die, how can we have a baby? So, you know, she, and also it's interesting, like, she had talked to the angel before and she just accepted it. Like she, um, it's interesting. Sometimes women, my founding past used to say this, that we're a little bit more, um, kind of, I don't know the word, but like attracted to supernatural things or, um, you know, we kind of have bigger imaginations. We, our brains are made where we can multitask and, um, we have to watch it. It's not always good to have a bigger imagination, but, um, if you if you let God work through your imagination, then it's an awesome thing because he'll give you ideas and show you how to do things. Um, but, you know, she had to get her husband in check because <laughs> he was having a nervous breakdown for a moment there. We're going to die. And the woman bore a son and called his name Samson. And the young man grew and the Lord blessed him. And the spirit of the Lord began to stir him in Mahana. Dan, I don't, don't get me on my pronunciation. I've told you I am not a Bible scholar. So, uh, between Zora and Eshtal. So that is the end of that, but I am really moved to pray. Um, I want to pray for everybody who's believing God for a baby. I want to pray for every mother of a special needs child and every mother of a typical child, because we have to, um, download from God uh, wisdom on raising these children. So I'm just going to let the Holy Spirit um, lead me in prayer. Father, in the name of Jesus, blessed are you, O Lord, my God, King of the universe. Thank you for this privilege to speak to people that this podcast might be listened to after I leave this earth, but I pray that you would just encourage any woman who's barren today, any father who wants to have a child, anybody who's already a parent, anybody who gave birth to a child, parent with a child with special needs, any parent who has a child that's incarcerated today, Father, um, please fill them with your hope and your joy and your peace greater than anything they've ever experienced before. And I just want to speak to the um, barren woman. I believe I'm led by the Holy Spirit that um, there's always options. There's people I, I've met people who um, couldn't have children, and some of them had babies um, that it didn't even make any sense the what was wrong with them, um, you know, why they couldn't conceive. It didn't make any medical sense that they did conceive, and they went on to have like three children. And then there's some people, some wonderful, um, wonderful um, marriages in the Lord that I saw that didn't conceive, and they wound up doing amazing things for God and birthing many children in the kingdom um, or became, in a sense, mentors to adults. So I thank you that each one of us has great, great purpose, and none of us ever need to be depressed or feel like our ship has sailed. I thank you, Father, for those of us who have special needs kids that you just fill us up with a joy that's unspeakable and just show us the glory in that child. Forgive us for feeling sorry for ourselves. I thank you, Father, that 
these children um, affect everybody around them in their life and that their their sweet spirit is just um, emanating to everybody who comes around them. I thank you for blessing these mothers and fathers with everything that they need for the medical bills, that they would have the best of the best of the best of every professional that could possibly help them with their child, that you would move on their family members or just bring people to them that are there to help them and give them a break so they can, um, so that they can not only, you know, go out and, and, um, you know, and, and be able to enjoy a marriage or if they're single parents, really bless them, Father, um, but that they would, you know, have a break and that not only would those people that are watching their children give them that break, but be a blessing to the children and teach those children and, and love on those children as if they were their own. And I thank you, Father, for every marriage that um, that you would just strengthen the marriages. In the book of Samson, we read in the next chapter that, um, about the pitfalls of just, you know, taking a spouse over love at first sight and over lust. We, that's coming up next in Judges 14, but that you would just strengthen every marriage to give you glory every, and that anybody who has been abandoned by husband or wife, cause they want nothing to do with them, give them comfort, father, give them great comfort and give them hope and nothing caught you off guard father. So they still have a purpose. So still, you know, reveal to them what their assignment is now if that person is not coming back and that um, that you would just also bring finances to that house and and that so that that there's no lack of anything in raising their children. And I thank you for just blessing every family that we would be all the all of us who are called by your name will be reverentially fearful how we behave as mothers, how we behave as um, those that are fathers, how we behave as friends, how we behave as daughters, how we behave as, you know, having sisters in the Lord, that we would just all be connected for being part of the body of Christ is not an exclusive club, but is majorly inclusive and that we will also um, always watch and pray for each other and um, be in the spirit, uh, pray in the spirit at all times on every occasion, looking out for one another, seeing how we can help each other and that the love, the world will know us by our love one for another. And we will be also very careful and open to lead anybody to the Lord today and to seek and save those that are lost. And so I give you all the glory for this day and for the babies that are going to be born out of barren women and also for the joy that you're going to give the households for the families that won't have children that it, it's even going to be so amazing for them that they're going to look back and say, I'm so glad my life turned out like this. And I give you all the glory for what you are doing in Jesus name. Amen.